0: Hi friends, you are listening to the EntreEd Talk podcast, where we feature amazing educators and entrepreneurs showcasing how you can bring entrepreneurship into the classroom. We believe entrepreneurship is for everyone. I am your host, Toy Hirschman, and I am so glad you chose to join me on this journey. Let's go. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another fun episode of the Entre Ed Talk podcast. I am your host, Toy Hirschman, and I have with me today my new friend, Craig M. Chavez, Jr. After suffering a season-ending injury during his sophomore year playing college football, Craig thought about dropping out of school. Fortunately, his Spanish professor intervened and persuaded him to take a break and study abroad in Costa Rica. This moment changed his life and exposed him to the possibilities of living and working in a different country. From there, he traveled to 15 more countries, served in the Peace Corps, and launched several profitable businesses, including a distillery in Peru. Excited to learn about that one. (laughs) Now, Craig is a best-selling author and coach. He helps people overcome the fear of failure and develop a proactive business mindset, a profitable business venture, and a proven business system. Welcome, Craig. I'm so glad to have you today.
1: Hey, Dr. Toy, <laughs> thank you so much for having me on your podcast today. I'm excited to uh, speak with you.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So, before we dive into uh, so many things that I want to talk to you about, can you share with our audience a little bit more about your journey and how you got to where you are today? It's much as much as you want to share.
1: Yeah, perfect. So, as you beautifully said, uh, one of the parts of my journey has been becoming a best selling author. And so with that in mind, I'd just like to tell a, a brief story about who I am and where I come from. So my name's Craig, and I'm, I'm originally uh, born in Cincinnati, Ohio. And growing up, I moved around a lot because of my father's job. And what was interesting is that what I learned early on is that like, if you hit a glass ceiling, even though you can see through it, you can't go through it. And my dad always taught me, he's like, if you want to have a better life, you might have to change your surroundings. So we moved around a lot. So from Cincinnati, moved to Cleveland. And growing up in Cleveland was difficult because I was born with a severe speech impediment and got made fun of a lot. And every day after school, every day after sports practice, I would do hooked on phonics all the way through the eighth grade to help eliminate my speech impediment. And that big lesson I learned there was that, like, if you have a problem, you're going to have to overcome your problem um, with or without other people's support. And so from Cleveland, moved down to Columbus, Ohio, and that was where I got my first sample of entrepreneurship. Um, I was a teen DJ in Columbus and people may make fun of my name, but my name was DJ Absolute Craig. And so I love that name because, like, I've I've always been very very self confident, and I'm like, if I'm going to show my all, I have to be absolutely everything that I am, and so that's where Absolute Craig came from. And so, also with being an entrepreneur, I was a really good uh, athlete, um, was a highly recruited football player, and that took me from Columbus, Ohio, down to Birmingham, Alabama, where I got to play Division One football, and like my dream was to go to the NFL. And I had the potential. But on uh, my sophomore year, I got a severe uh, neck injury and leg injury, which ended my playing career. And so I thought about dropping out of school. And so even though I was majoring in business, my Spanish professor uh, locked me in her room. And she's like, Craig, don't quit. You should study abroad. It might you know, give you a different perspective on life. And so I reluctantly filled out that paperwork to study abroad in Costa Rica, and it was the best thing that could have ever happened because I got out of my country, I got out of my culture, but most importantly, I got out of my own head. And so it really exposed me to this whole possibility of maybe living and working in another country. And so I got back to Alabama, switched my major to entrepreneurship, started DJing to make ends meet because I was on a full athletic scholarship. And um, it changed my perspective. And so after I got my undergraduate degree, I immediately moved to Florida, got my MBA and knocked it out in less than one year, which is crazy because most MBA programs are two years. And um, right before I graduated, I was interviewing at big tech companies in New York City and San Francisco. And I just didn't see myself working in a cubicle for the rest of my life. And fortunately and unfortunately, I didn't get a job offer. And so as I was walking across the graduation stage, I didn't know what I was going to do with my future. But um, I ran into a Peace Corps recruiter at a Chipotle out of all places. And she's like, you're fluent in Spanish, you're entrepreneurial, you have your graduate degree, you should apply for the Peace Corps. And I did that. And that wound up taking me down to Peru, where I did a economic development, business coaching and business consulting. And I just fell in love with that country, fell in love with that culture. And before I even arrived there, I had a dream of starting a business in another country. I just didn't know how it was going to happen. And so one day when I was teaching entrepreneurship out of college, um, I ran into a professor who was a distiller. And we formed a really close relationship. And after class, he taught me how to distill pisco which is the national spirit of Peru. It's made from grapes. It's amazing. Everybody should try it above the age of 21, of course. And um, what we would do is we would distill after class. And so I would take the pisco that we made and I would sell it to the business owners that I was coaching and consulting, which was technically illegal in the Peace Corps, but you know, they didn't have to know. I was a Peace Corps volunteer by day and like a bootlegger at night. And I built up a really big following. And so after I finished the Peace Corps, I got the courage to immigrate back to the country by myself. And I opened up Peru's first foreign-owned craft distillery. And it was an amazing venture. I outgrew my space. We got four different products to market in less than nine months. And when I approached my landlord to extend my lease and to double my footprint on their property, um, they confessed that they didn't own the property to begin with. Um, it was a family property that was owned by another relative. and so even though I was there, I was technically illegally occupying that space. And so the sister who owned it, who I met, uh, gave me a new contract that was too expensive for me to afford. And so I had to shut down my business. And that was like a big failure I thought I um, had endured. But what I realized that to fail was just to experience a first attempt in learning. And so since that experience in 2018, I moved back to Costa Rica, managed uh, a top 1000, I think it was Inc. fast growing travel companies called Under 30 Experiences. Um, I successfully launched a blockchain company in Washington, DC and exited from it. And then I've also jumped on the boards of several really profitable international ventures. And so I say all that to say this is that my journey has been anything but conventional. I never would have expected to be here, but one of the things that got me into business coaching and consulting full-time is that I just wanted to become the person that I wish I would have met when I started, you know, my first businesses, you know, over a decade ago, and so, um, you know, that that's a little bit about me in a nutshell. There's a lot there. I'd love to unpack anything, you know, you'd want to inquire about, but that's a little bit about Craig.
0: Wow. Thank you. That is amazing. (laughs) So I love that. I love that. The being the person I wish I would have met in back when you were getting started. Mm -hmm. So I'm just curious, you talked about having all of this self-confidence and you were so young to have made these bold moves. Like that's not normal in case you're wondering, it's not, (laughs) it's awesome. Um, so where do you feel where do you feel like that confidence came from? Because I'm just I was when you said that I'm thinking of myself at like 17, 18 and I'm, you know, this scared little girl going, mm-hmm. what do I do next? I, mean, I was going to go to South Carolina and that seemed like I'm five countries away. <laughs> yeah.
1: So early on, I realized I spent a lot of time by myself because my parents, they worked a lot. And I don't blame them for that because we didn't come from, you know, a, a wealthy background and they spent every dime they could, you know, moving us, elevating us from you know, neighborhood to neighborhood, trying to get me into the best schools. And I thank them for that. But, but at the same time, it was just Craig by himself a lot. And I realized that, like, if I wanted something, I had to go after it. And then furthermore, I also knew that if I didn't ask for something, the answer would always be no. Um, you know, oftentimes, like, my grandmother spent time raising me, and she's super old school, from, from Kentucky, you know, grew up, you know, in basically a cabin in the middle of nowhere, you know, on was a sharecropper herself. And she's like, son, you know, closed mouths don't get fed. And I took that to heart. And I realized, like, if I wanted my life to change, I had to go out and make something happened and so I think it'll me spending a lot of time by myself you know those words of wisdom from my grandmother really influenced me to just go out and figure out how to make no one plus one equal 11.
0: (laughs) Wow that's so cool good for you sorry about your injury though that's that had to be a a crushing Mm -hmm. a crushing time because that you'd made that life plan and I mean a lot of people have that that moment where everything just (laughs) <laughs> or God, what is it, What is it say? If you want to make God laugh, tell him your plan, something like that.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, no, no doubt. I mean, that was definitely uh, a life quake because I had everything mapped out. I was just going to go to school. I didn't really care about I me. Mean, I was naturally a, a pretty gifted student. I didn't really try that hard, still got A's and B's, but it was all about being an athlete. I mean, that was all I knew. I mean, even though I was a quote unquote, an entrepreneur, And growing up, entrepreneurship wasn't something that was formally taught. It was just like, you have to hustle, you have to get the bag, you have to just make this money, you have to make ends meet. So it was just me just making money on the side. And so when that dream was taken away from me, I didn't know what to do. And so it just shocked every, you know, moral fiber within my existence. And so like, that was my identity and it got taken away from me. But what I realized is that I was much bigger than just being an athlete and a jock. And so it was like the perfect opportunity to really explore who I really was. And that really ties into my philosophy about helping people to become the entrepreneurs of their lives. Because whether people understand this or not, like your life is a business and you're the product. And every day we're selling ourselves, every day we're marketing ourselves, every day we have to create value for other people, but people just don't think about it like that. And once I started reframing my perspective and I got altitude and I got to look down and you know, understand that like, okay, I am a business, then I just started operating and moving differently. And I haven't been the same since.
0: That's incredible. That's incredible. So, well, let's talk about that. You have, first of all, you have the best titles for things. (laughs) So let's talk about your book and and also workbook, Burdens of a Dream, which is just the coolest title because it pretty much sums sums up the whole entrepreneurship adventure right there. Tell us a little bit more about that, how that came to be and what you use it for, what you do with it.
1: Yeah. So going back to that whole story of when I found out that um, I had signed a fraudulent contract with my landlords. And so the the night after that happened, um, I had like this crazy dream. And I was like, have you ever experienced sleep paralysis where like you're awake, but like you can't move? And so like in this dream, like I was running through a jungle and I didn't know where I was going. Then I like fell into this pit where I was like getting bit by snakes and like I could feel it. And I woke up, like my room, I was living on the beach in Peru and it's very, very hot and i woke up drenched in sweat and i'm like something is terribly wrong and so like my intuition was telling me that the people that i was dealing with were were snakes and i couldn't trust them and this is the reason why i reluctantly did not sign that contract that they gave me and i crafted an excuse to get out of peru and luckily I, i did that but what does that really mean Well, a lot of us, like we have these dreams, we have these feelings, we have these intuitions and like, it's up to us to make those dreams a reality. But the thing is like, in order to make your dream a reality, you have to pay a certain cost. Like nothing happens accidentally. Like there's no such thing as a free lunch. And if you want to live a life that most people dream of, you're going to have to work harder than most people work. And so that's the burden of a dream. It's like hey, everybody has dreams, but are you going to be a doer? And being a doer requires action and that action action costs you time, money and energy. And so what I realize is that even though I've had all these dreams, what's made me different is that I've put in the time, work and energy to make them happen. And so, you know, being a very honest and transparent and candid, you know, person I, don't, I didn't want to ever deceive anybody about what entrepreneurship is really like. And this is one of the issues I have with so many people who are authors, who are coaches, who are in the business world. They oversimplify what entrepreneurship is, and they sell people on a false dream of what it really is. And entrepreneurship is really hard. But the more you can better prepare people for the realities of entrepreneurship, the better they'll perform because they'll expand those twists. They'll expect those turns. They'll expect those hardships. And that's why I land on that title. I just want to be real and authentic and transparent about my journey.
0: Wait a minute. You're telling me all these people that say I can get rich really fast are not are lying to me.
1: <laughs> You'd be surprised. So many people believe it.
0: Oh my gosh. Well, yeah, I get, yeah, like because of the world that I live in and the, the and the internet searches that I do, I get an ad. I think every time I turn on a YouTube, even if I'm watching something, a cartoon with my kid, like on YouTube, <laughs> it's yeah. like, do you want to make six figures? <laughs> yeah. Like, wait a minute. Yes, I do. But <laughs> I I know that that's probably not gonna happen um with this app and this thing and this course that you're telling me. So I'm I'm appreciative that you that you said that because that is that is true. And we, you know, when we talk to students, it's like entrepreneurship is amazing and it's and just having those mindsets are so incredibly helpful for whatever you end up doing but it's not this easy like a switch that you turn on like get a website and then suddenly cash starts flowing into your inbox trust me i know i've been trying to get that to happen for a long time <laughs> <laughs> but, but so i'm glad that i'm glad that you that you do that so t- can you talk about you do coaching around this too can you talk a little bit about what that what that looks like and maybe even from somebody's experience like what what if you were coaching me what I might walk through with you Oh
1: definitely so for me what I tell people my value proposition is is that I help entrepreneurs to you know escape the hustle and go from chaos to cash flow and so that may sound salesy that may, may sound too good to be true and like every value proposition has to have a little jingle to it like I have to give you a little carrot to ask me hmm Craig what exactly does that mean But what I really do is like, I sell people what they want, but I give them what they need. And so what I like to do with my coaching is like I come from business principles. Because the thing is, like, there's a big difference between principles and techniques. So many of these coaches nowadays, they try to sell you on like a secret formula, or there's one way that's going to help you, you know, to get wealthy, to get rich, whatever. But what you and I both understand is that we're unique individuals and our businesses are going to be unique and they have unique problems, but also is that we're both entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs run into the same problems. Everybody runs into the same problems. And the four main problems that I help entrepreneurs to overcome are number one, founder market fit. Secondly is problem solution fit. Thirdly is product market fit. And fourthly is business model fit. So what are those main problems? Founder market fit. Like what type of business are you going to start? And B, are you even qualified to start that business? Because here's the thing, like we're living in a pandemic and much as I would want to create a vaccine to cure all the world's problems, I'm not qualified to do that because I have no experience, mastery, or credibility in that field. But you best believe I have 15 years of, of successful experience starting businesses. I have a love for teaching and helping people. When you combine those two things together, that's you get a business strategist and a business coach. So I have Founder Market Fit. The next, the next issue people run into is problem solution fit. So who are my ideal customers? Now that I want to be a business strategist, or now that I want to start a business, I have to understand who my customers are and what are the pains and problems that they're experiencing? Because that's what business is really about. It's about creating value for others. But here's a secret, value isn't defined by the entrepreneur, it's defined by the customer because people pay for what they want. And so when I can identify the problem that people are facing and what they want, then I could go on to step three, which is product market fit. So once I know what problem you're experiencing, I create a product or a service to help you you know, accomplish whatever you want. So, of course, every entrepreneur wants to generate consistent income. So how do I help them do that? Well, I offer them premium one-on-one flexible coaching that helps them to optimize their business model so they 10X their income, work 50% less, and develop a CEO mindset. And so I know that works because I've tested this solution the service on hundreds of different of entrepreneurs. But then the last problem that everybody runs into and which is like the cherry on top of what I offer is business model fit. You have to figure out how to develop these profitable, proven and proactive systems that consistently generate, you know, customer value. And the thing is, is, like, there's two types of entrepreneurs. There's the hustlers and the business owners. Hustlers, they're underpaid, overwhelmed, and disorganized. <laughs> business owners, they have a business model. And they manage that business model with systems that are you know, standardized operating procedures that are managed by humans or technology. And so once you work with me, you're going to develop that profitable, proven, and proactive business model that allows you to start a successful business financial independence and start living life on your terms because like I said, your life is a business and you're the product. And none of us really start businesses to be trapped within what we create. Our business is a vehicle to help us live a life that most people
0: only dream of. Love that. How does where where do you usually get people in what stage of the game do they usually come to you? Like I'm thinking about maybe starting a business, but I have no idea. Or are they usually somewhere down the down the line a little bit? Oh, they're burnt out. <laughs> they
1: were just like I was in Peru. And, and, and that's one of the things that I realized that oftentimes our ideal customers are versions of our previous self. So as much as I was screwed over <laughs> by my landlord in Peru, there are other factors that led to the demise of my business. And the number one factor was burnout. I was underpaid, overwhelmed, and disorganized. And because I was burned out, I didn't have the mental clarity to really see the signs that were leading to the downfall of my business. And so when these entrepreneurs, they they eventually hit a point where they're just like, okay, I'm coachable, I'm committed, I'm self-motivated, but I'm so stuck within my business that I don't know what to do next. And like, I'm so committed to this, I'm not going to give up, but I need help. And so once people hit that burnout stage and once they see like the messaging and marketing that I put out there that really presses on the pains that they're experiencing, that's when they reach out.
0: So I love that's it. amazing. Yeah. That's a, that's a rough, uh, a rough way to start with a client though. That's already frazzled and like, <laughs> I don't know what to do, but that's, um that's wonderful that you do that. I'm
1: curious. It's the best way. It's the best way. Because like if, Clients don't have
0: problems or
1: pains. Why they have no reason to work with you?
0: That's true. That's true. It's like the same the same thing that you're helping them figure out that you're. So I'd like that you said that 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 your best clients are previous like previous versions of yourself because that's so true. We look for people that have this experience to help us because we know they've been through it, and it brings a whole lot of validation to to what you're what you're doing. I'm curious. You said you said a CEO mindset. I'm curious what that means to you.
1: Yes. Well, CEO mindset. Like to me, a CEO is somebody who understands their business at such a deep level that they can effortlessly delegate responsibilities to others and know what to expect of them. And so, I know that's a mouthful, but that this is why entrepreneurs. And CEOs make the big money because they're masterminds. They understand their business so well that they can delegate responsibilities to others, hire people on to replace them so they don't have to be stuck within their business. And so you have to have a certain mentality to get there. And this is what people are skipping. Like they're skipping the foundation. Like this is the hard work. Like it's funny, you you talk about all those ads that you see for people trying to sell you on making a bajillion dollars. Well like before we got on this call, like I reluctantly took a call from somebody who was trying to sell me that they could help me, you know, get my get more clients. But here's the funny thing is that like I knew this person couldn't help me because they don't know my clients better than I know them. And so, if you don't have a CEO mindset, you're going to run into people who are going to be selling you on things that you may or may not need. And if you hire somebody and you don't know what to expect of them, you're screwed because they can tell you that they're helping you out, but you don't know if they're really helping you out because you an, you don't have a deep mastery of your entire business model. And so if you have that CEO mindset, you're kind of like a savant. You know when people are helping you or hurting you, but it takes a lot of deep inner work to see the results of the outer work, which is, like I said, a, a profitable, proven, and proactive business model. So the money you make is made in your mind before it happens in reality.
0: Wow, that's pretty powerful. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that before. Like you have to, you have to do, have that mindset. And I don't know if I've ever had that mindset. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's circle back, or maybe not. Let's circle back to your to your book a little bit, and and maybe give me a little clarity. Do you do you use when you do your, when you do your um, chaos to cash flow, do you use the burdens of a dream with that, like in conjunction? And then how does, that, how does that look for clients? Like if I wanted to go out and buy your book and workbook right now, like what would I, would I need to be part of coaching or can they be separate?
1: Oh, it's completely separate. But I always include it in as a, as a value add, as a precursor, because I want to lead by example. Like this is another problem with coaching is that people don't lead by example and nor have they developed a mastery to come up with their own material. It's like 80% of what I teach people is stuff that came up by myself. Like it's impossible to come up with 100% original ideas because we're all getting something from somebody. We all get inspiration from some type of, you know, Genesis or seed. But with the burns of a dream, what I want people to really understand is that I've been through what you're experiencing, and I've learned from it. And not only did I experience burnout, not only did I lose my business, but this is what I learned from it. And this is what I can help you to avoid. And then furthermore, you also see the other businesses that I started after I suffered that burnout. So for me, it's just like it's a free value add. It's it's a lead to kind of warm people up and also to build that credibility and authenticity, because I always practice what I preach. Most coaches don't do that. They go and get a certificate and they feel validated because they have this little badge on the website, but they've never actually done what they're teaching. And that was something that I struggle with even in college is like my professors are teaching entrepreneurship, but none of them have ever been an entrepreneur. And it's like, I knew more about entrepreneurship than they did because I was living it as a DJ. And so as a coach, I want to come from that servant leadership uh, perspective and giving people my book is one of the best ways to establish that relationship.
0: That's, that's great. We run into that all the time. I was actually training with somebody and she said, she's told the audience (laughs) she's like, well, I've never been an entrepreneur. And I'm like, no. <laughs> done. Done. Don't do done. that when I'm co-training with you. <laughs> yeah, done. Done. But,
1: but like, yeah, that just
0: I'll takes say, all the authenticity out of it.
1: <laughs> yeah, but like I said, that like the book is the perfect warm-up and the way it's written. Every chapter is one page. Um, it takes about two minutes to read each chapter. And each chapter the book is is kind of written in kind of like a um kind of like a little daily mini case study. So each chapter starts with a quote that prefaces the lesson learned, but then it ends with the actionable nugget of wisdom. And so even though I'm leading with my story, it's not about me. It's about what you can take away from the mistakes in the life and business lessons that I learned. And that's why it's done so well because everybody reads it in one sitting. It takes about two hours to read, but they understand that like, this is coming from like authenticity. I'm super vulnerable. And it's like I'm human, like I'm I'm special, but then I'm not special. I'm just like you. I just made some decisions that most people don't make. And that's what I learned from it.
0: Love that. Talk about talk about purpose or passion for a minute. Like how does that how do how do you see people finding that thing? Because that's like the most elusive word to me in yeah. the history of our vocabulary. Set. <laughs> I was like, oh, you need to find your purpose and passion. Well, okay. Well, I don't know what that means. (laughs) So let me, so
1: break it down. So one of my signature frameworks, and it's actually the first module within my Chaos to Cashflow program, um, it's called Winner Business Opportunity. And so the framework that I give people is my copyrighted and signature value creation framework. And so it has three circles. It has your skills, your passions, and market demand. And at the intersection of those three uh, circles is your purpose, and so your skills. Well, these are things that you do at a high level with minimal effort. Your passions are hobbies, jobs, things that you would gladly enjoy doing without pay. But the most important variable of the value creation framework is market demand. People have to want what you're doing. So purpose to me isn't singular one-way thing it's a two-way kind of relationship that's why it's called the value creation framework purpose is about me enjoying life but about me adding value to others as well and so my purpose is being a business strategist like this is not by accident this is by intention so my skills like i said 15 years of a proven track record of starting successful profitable businesses my passions. I love teaching and I love helping people. Like I wouldn't have done the Peace Corps and just given away three years of my life, just to party and you know, live on a beach. Like, no, I wanted to help people. I want to impact. So teaching and helping combined with entrepreneurial experience, you get a business strategist and a business coach. So that was my business opportunity, but I had to realize it's not about me. Does the market really want that? Well, fortunately for us, there's millions of other business strategists, coaches, and consultants, because entrepreneurs always run into problems. So when I knew that this was the perfect like homeostasis of those three important variables, I knew I found my purpose. So purpose is really about mutual value creation between yourself and the world. Because it starts with I, then it goes to we, then it goes to the world. And that's what purpose is about to me. It's not just about self. It's about others as well
0: wow that's really cool we we see that with with young folks all the time that they have this because they have no we love working with young young students because there's no box there's no it's so amazing to what comes out of their heads and what's so i guess heartwarming and that i did not expect when i got into this field many many years ago now um that they're more focused on helping and more focused on service than I ever expected young people to be, because I was projecting my 14 year old self onto them and going, well, I just wanted <laughs> to sell candy out in my bag so I could make. <laughs> but um, but it's really amazing to see that. And but that's a big, that's a big lesson that is very difficult to teach is that okay, you're really excited about, you know, let's say these cool graphic t-shirts or something. And you have these great skills and you know how to make them and you get, you get a lot of enjoyment out of that. But then it's that market demand who besides my mom and all her sisters and friends, who am I going to sell this to? And, and is this really solving a problem for people in, in the universe? And that's a tough, a tough lesson for, for young folks. And I'm sure, I mean, it's a tough lesson for everyone that's starting a business. You think, oh, I make the best pizza everyone's going to want what I'm selling but you haven't done market research to figure out if that's really true or not.
1: And so yeah that's- and and that's like I think the biggest pitfall entrepreneurs make is they don't do customer discovery and then secondly they don't test their assumptions. But like I said what I realized about entrepreneurship is like it's not about me because like all the money that I want is in somebody else's pocket. (laughs) So it's like, if I want the money that's in toys pocket, how do I get it? Well, I have to create value. I have to, I have to offer her something. Nobody just gets money for free. You're not just going to give me money. Like you didn't just give me time to talk in your podcast. I had to give you some type of offer or some type of reason to invite me on. Well, it's the same approach.
0: Jack, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I'm still waiting for my Where's that Brink truck? (laughs) (laughs) But,
1: But it's the same in business. Once you realize it's not about you, it's about the people that you serve and about providing them what they want, whether they need it or not, which is so hard for me because so many people think it's all about money and entrepreneurship, and it's not. Money is a byproduct of the value that you create for people. Like, don't go after the money. You're going to fail so fast or you won't last that long. Like, you'll get the bag and then you'll be broke tomorrow. But it's really providing what people want and then they'll gladly pay you for that. It's not about
0: you. That's so true. I'm going to go into business um, taking all of your nuggets of wisdom and putting them on bumper stickers. (laughs) Yeah, do it. Do it. That's some great. That's some great. Great. I love the all, all the money I want in someone else's pocket. It is.
1: It is. It's I true. just don't have a million dollars chilling around my house, but I know other a collective of other people do. So let me go after it.
0: I love that. My my husband actually said something very profound last night that is along the same lines. Um, he has this business um, eBay baseball, football, card, Pokemon, also card business. And it's like just this fun project that he's doing. And he sold a book yesterday. One of my little, um, golden books from when I was a kid, like Winnie the Pooh or something. Mm. Well, how much did you get? And he's like a dollar and I said, well, really, what is it worth? And he's like a dollar <laughs> <And I guess laughs> That's what somebody was willing to pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> so I just thought that was kind of funny. It's, it's kind of the same thing, but, um, So uh, question for you, do we we work with we work with young folks and we also work with teachers that teach these folks that don't always identify as entrepreneurial and kind of like and, and again, it's back to what we talked about before. a lot of a lot of people who are teaching ed- entrepreneurship might not have experience with it, and we, but we ask people to do that very thing. We ask them to, hey, fifth grade math teacher, we want you to add entrepreneurship into your classroom. So I'm wondering if you had any advice for someone that's in that situation and how they might just bring some of these nuggets of wisdom into their class in a way that's not like completely overwhelming.
1: Uh, we'll plug my book and workbook into your class now as an aside but no it's, it's redefining entrepreneurship so this is that was one of the first things I did in my book in the introduction is I had to redefine entrepreneurship because for me what entrepreneurship the way it was defined in the world was just too stale and like I said when you think about entrepreneurs you don't think about people who look like me and come from where I come from so I was like hold up let me just trash that definition and I came up with An entrepreneur is anyone who takes a calculated risk to create something out of nothing and share it with the world. And so I made that definition so broad so that it could be more inclusive because entrepreneurship, the way it's defined, is exclusive. It really doesn't include anybody of color. It doesn't include any females. It doesn't really include anybody who's cisgender. I mean, not every entrepreneur is Elon Musk or uh, Steve Jobs. (laughs) Like entrepreneurship is much bigger than that. And so, anybody who's created something and shared it with the world, whether it's a syllabus, whether it's a quote, whether it's a business, anything, like you're an entrepreneur. And so, when you think different, when you reframe all the crap that people have been telling you, and you think outside of that box that they've given you you can be as entrepreneurial and as creative as you want to be and as you naturally are. Because I love what you were talking about earlier. No, talking about how like a lot of students take this childlike approach to life and the business. And that childlike curiosity gets beaten out of us as we get into the real world. And so I maintain that childlike curiosity to entrepreneurship. I teach people what I call the entrepreneurial scientific method. It's just forming a hypothesis, testing it, and then analyzing your feedback and then moving redoing that same process like it's literally that simple it's not easy but if you go down to what's simple there's genius and simplicity and so that's the advice I give people it's like you're an entrepreneur you just don't know it
0: I love that oh my gosh that's my favorite one <laughs> it's your bumper sticker right there yeah that's that's so true and you know the a big pitfall I think in, in education sometimes is that we don't introduce this concept earlier to where you you have a students and they're older and then they go into college or out into the world and they just think entrepreneurship isn't for me because I'm not Elon Musk because I don't have a billion dollars because I didn't start a you know multi billion dollar software company in my garage and and maybe that's not even something I want to do and but it's it's just you can be entrepreneurial you can do that with, you know, a $1.99 that you found in your couch cushions and a GoDaddy <laughs> yeah. account, like you can yeah. actually get started and build something. And it doesn't have to be a traditional brick and mortar business anymore. There's just, mm-hmm. there's so many options out there. And I love that, that that's what you're you're helping people understand that, you know, you, you don't have to reach some level of some monetary level of success to be an entrepreneur or to be successful and happy in doing what you're doing. And, like you said, creating value for other people. I think that's, I think that's the most important thing about entrepreneurship that people can understand. So if you're not, if you're not solving a problem, even if it's a stupid problem, if you're not yeah. solving, like, I really like, you know, lollipops, and and this person makes the best ones. That's it's solving a problem for me, or up, all the way up to like someone that's creating amazing medical devices or solving or vaccines or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But it's it's just. Knowing who your who your audience is and who who you're helping is really important. So this exactly. is awesome. This is awesome. So we're we're coming up against our times. I'd love for you to share with our audience how they can reach out to you, how they can find out more about about your book, about burdens uh, burdens of a dream, and um, and how they can find more out more about your course.
1: Well, me being the creative person I am, uh, my brand is Creative Craig. And so you spell that C-R-E, the number eight, I-V-E, C-R-A-I-G. And so that's my brand. You could reach me at www.creativecraig.com. You could find me at Creative Craig on Instagram. I'm super active there. Creative Craig on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube. So that's C-R-E, the number eight, I-V-E, C-R-A-I-G, Creative Craig. And if you want to get copies of Burdens of a Dream, you go to www.burdensofadream.com, or you can go to Amazon and search Burdens of a Dream. And beautifully for you, it's in paperback, hardback, ebook, or audiobook. So however you like to uh, get a hold of your books, uh, I got you. So that's how you get
0: audiobook.
1: Yes, on audiobook Uh, as well. I did it in my
0: closet. Really? Uh, but it came out great. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm always curious how people do how people do that because sometimes you have somebody else read it and sometimes the author reads it. I'm an audiobook junkie. My mm-hmm. audible looks like a like a who's who of help <laughs> books. Well, add me to your who's who for sure. Have, well, it's funnily enough, I don't think that's a word, but I have a I have a, a sizable car journey this week. So Looks like I just found out how to fill the time.
1: Yes. And it's it's quick. It's, um, I think it's an hour. That's it. Wow. I mean, 33 you're... chapters, two minutes, exactly a piece. Hour and five minutes is what the wow. lesson time is. Cool.
0: Well, I will make sure all of this information is in the show notes. And so people will be able to easily find you. Um I appreciate you so much, Craig being on today. This was so much fun, and i'm um, I'm just so glad that I was able to meet you that we were introduced. So this is you are doing amazing things, and I wish all the best for you and all great success.
1: Thank you so much for inviting me and congrats to you, Dr. Yes. Toy. and I uh, <laughs> look forward to talking to you again.
0: Awesome, Craig. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful rest of your day.
1: You too.